reborn out of disaster, four survivors rose again to form a legion of the world's strangest heroes. Da-da-da-doom Patrol! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Doom Patrol podcast. I'm your host, Scott Coles, and with me, as always, is Murray Fox. And this week, we are diving into Grant Morrison land. We are going to uh, hit his very first issue of the Doom Patrol, number 19, from, I'm going to say, February 1989. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all y'all demanded it, both of you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. So basically, this is what most, what many consider. I wouldn't shouldn't say most because it's actually I think it's probably a fair, pretty fair split between the uh, Drake stuff and the, and the Morrison as far as which is the, the definitive Doom Patrol run. Right. Well, there's there's room for both to be the definitive runs. <laughs> well, well, certainly, especially when it depends on you know age group and whatnot. If yeah, you yeah. Read the old ones when you were younger or whatever, or as they were coming out. <laughs> Obviously, those are going to be the ones that hold a spot in your little heart yeah. there. But for me, Morrison's run was the one that cemented the Doom Patrol in my mind as the coolest super team out there. It was also the the, com- the book that brought me back to comics after a, a brief hiatus. Ooh. Gotcha. Yeah, see, I think I was getting... This was right around the time of Invasion, so I was picking up all the Invasion crossovers. Mm-hmm. I was one of those. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> That's right. If it had Invasion stamped on it, I picked it up. So I got the last Doom Patrol before Morrison, and then I started reading... I want to say the first couple of stories. I know I had them all at one point, and I don't know what happened to them. They vanished at some point. But, I, yeah, I stuck around through the first two or three stories, and then I forget why I stopped. I don't think it was because I didn't enjoy them. I think there were just other things going on. and mm. uh, Probably school and money. Money. Pfft. Anyway. <laughs> well, the run itself is one of those ones where it starts out not normal per se, but you know it, it's it's only a little a little bit off center when it starts out, and then as it goes along, it gets more and more and more whack bar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I mean, it's all going somewhere, and it, if you, if you sort of look past the the the, the oddity of the, their foes and just the the sheer amounts of strangeness that were going on. As we said before, that this is the story of, of Cliff and Crazy Jane helping each other heal. Right on, yeah. Over the course of this, and that's you know, that. It's an it's an amazing story arc, and it's an amazing character arc for both of them. And it it, it makes me sad a lot that well the current Cliff he seems to have fallen off. That near the end of this run, he was very close to you know accepting and and. Realizing that whether he's alive or not, he's still a worthwhile person. Right, right, right. Uh, and now he's, well, you know, Giffen, Giffen sort of turned him back towards that sort of 
whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. World, he's just world weary, which he always has been, so that's okay. But it would be nice to see a little bit of the. It would have been nice to to have had the time to see a little bit of the crazy Jane Cliff. A little uh, more of that, have yeah, them for have sure. Some time together to talk about what's happened and Absolutely. what's going on and whatnot. Ah, uh, well. But so, yeah. So this comes off right off the heels of Paul Kupperberg's eighteen issue run. Yep. I say just. Has just passed Invasion. Uh, they used Invasion as a stepping point to kill off a couple characters that Morrison didn't really want to bother with. And uh, so, yeah, and he basically cleared the stage and set it for, for Morrison to basically just do what he wanted to, to do. Which yeah. Just tell a story about someone who's been damaged by being a superhero. Right, right, right. So, it's this is Crawling from the Wreckage, part one of four. All right. Ooh, four. See, mm-hmm. no, no writing for the six issue story <laughs> arc yet. No. <laughs> four was far more, far more common back then, wasn't it? I think so. They were doing. You see, lots of four issue miniseries. Part you know, ones of four, yeah. Stranger and a Demon and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Any miniseries was always four. It was yeah, rarely it was three. A four issue series, unless it went to twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four or twelve. Series. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we start out, and it's uh. Sort of a flashback of, of Cliff's origin. He's in the race car and he's going vroom, 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 and everything goes so slow. And I should have seen it. The oil slip. I should have. And car crash. <laughs> and then out of the wreckage is, it looks like some sort of ragged amalgamation of Cliff and Robot Man. He's saying, I saved it. I saved it. And he saves the beautiful bit. And he holds up the brain. <laughs> nice. And that's when Cliff wakes up screaming. <laughs> I wasn't aware that he slept per se, but I guess so. Maybe he was. Uh, yeah, I guess I can't. I guess he can't say he was turned off and then turned back on. But uh, no. Oh yeah, I guess the brain just the brain has to sleep sometimes. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Or you go banana Makes cakes. Sense, yeah. Well, he's already gotten a little banana sandwich. <laughs> so there you go. So it turns out he's in a sanitarium of some sort. Uh, the orderly is telling him he should be taking his meds. He tells her, he tells her to get lost. She says, oh, come on. I brought you a fresh nutrient tank. Now, where are you going to put it? He said, we can shove it where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> so Cliff's in a bad way. He's just sitting there hugging his legs. Well, yeah, he's had a rough go of it, all these explosions and mm-hmm. Doom Patrol. Yeah, members. well, as you say, the uh, couple of team more or less got chewed up and spit out. <laughs> There's not much left of them. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think many come out of that uh, series. They're all... Uh, mm-hmm. Well, especially... Uh, is it basically every team he's in. As we've seen, every team he's in sort of gets killed. And they get, yeah. A bunch of them die, and he's left standing wondering what the hell, what the hell happened. Right, so once again, that's where he's at. Uh, we cut to another hospital, Alamance Memorial Hospital. Uh, Eleanor Poole is talking to a man on the phone. It seems that she's talking to the chief. Uh, he's asking about Larry Trainer, and she says he's in great shape, and we hope to send him home next day or two. And, yep. They, she, she hangs up. She says, the pleasantries and whatnot. Now, there's lots of little things in, the, in this where you, if you're looking at the background or the foreground and stuff, there's, there's lots of little things going on. Like There's a little flash around her pen in her pocket huh. that may or may not become important later. 
in the foreground we see a janitor and he's got a black ball. It looks like the like a the eight ball except without the eight. Uh-huh. And he looks like he's sort of coveting it or something. I'm not sure what's going on and he stuffs it in his pocket. Huh. And we cut to the is this the oh this is the place the old Doom or the old uh, Justice League headquarters. The yeah, yeah, the big cave. Happy Harbor. Yes. Yeah, that was their first place, I think, right? Their first yeah. uh their first home. So uh, Niles is talking to Joshua Clay, uh, Tempest. He's a remnant of the Kupperberg patrol who's still alive. Although he's, at this point in time, he's decided he doesn't want to be a superhero anymore. He's just going to be a doctor again. Yeah. Or, a, or at least a fake doctor. Because he never actually got his <laughs> doctorate. He just faked it. After being a medical surgeon, a medical surgeon for a while. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. It's one of those, uh, one of those contrivances. Uh-huh. Anyway. So I guess he just stopped by to see how, uh, everybody was holding up and to say goodbye to the old Hoyt uh, headquarters. <laughs> uh, and this, this iteration of the chief is, he's become very eccentric. He's become very... It's just sort of odd. He's sort of withdrawn into himself, and he's even more of a cold. He's not as bad as he is in, like, the current stuff. At least not yet. He's, yeah, he's on his way, though. He's, uh... Yeah, he's def- you can definitely see him going down that road. <laughs> Morrison's taking the first steps there. Mm-hmm. So she says, so you're not going to join the Doom Patrol? Is that what you're saying? And Josh says, well, the Doom Patrol's dead. Why not let it rest in peace this time? I'm finished with all this. It's just not funny anymore. Miranda's <laughs> <laughs> dead. Scott's dead. Rhea's in a coma. Larry's in the hospital. Val resigned. And no one's mentioned Cliff. And uh, the chief says, Cliff signed himself into a psychiatric hospital. He felt he needed help. I shouldn't worry. I've asked a good friend to pay him a visit. And I'm sure it won't be long before Robot Man's back with us. Jeez, you're a nice man, Calder. <laughs> Why, thank you, Joshua. And please, call me chief. <laughs> So uh, they go down into a sub-basement, and uh, as the elevators come down, we get sort of the last half of a conversation that involves a chicken that lays an egg with the face of Christ imprinted on the shell, inhuman voices whispering through static on an empty radio wave band. Don't these things fascinate you, Joshua? He's like, not really. I can get that kind of stuff from the National Enquirer. And I don't see what it has to do with the Doom Patrol. I have plans, Joshua. All the time I've been away, I've been studying reports, filing information, making preparations. And don't tell me whether I like it or not, I'm part of the big plan, right? Oh, yes, you all are, she says. <laughs> That's not creepy at all. No. <laughs> I guess the chief has continued his stalking ways from the... That's uh, right. Well, if you're going to stalk, you gotta, you can't just watch. you got to watch and then do something plan, with the watching. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so we cut back to the psychiatric hospital. Uh, someone, there's a visitor for Cliff, and uh, it's Will Magnus, the man who dragged him out of the river in or out of the ocean after being blown up with the original Doom Patrol. Right, right. And the guy who outfitted him, who's responsible for that horrible, horrible disco <laughs> outfit. Yeah, he's not a, he's not what you'd call a designer. He's all thinking. No, yeah, <laughs> he's a, a thinker. You can build a good robot. He <laughs> can't make it look good, though. <laughs> That's always been a neat little connection, though, to have uh, Will Magnus and the Metal Man kind of connected to the Doom Patrol that way, because they're, oh, yeah. they're both like right out of the 60s and... 
And he's like the most robotic guy. Absolutely. They have in the DCU, so. So he's like, hey, you remember me, don't you? I made the metal man. I made your body too, remember? Like, oh, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I try not to remember that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew I recognized that patronizing tone from somewhere. <laughs> There's no need for that, guys. When I heard you come in here, I'm like, well, I understand what you're going through. I've been there. And I think you, you and I can link this thing together. So how about it? There's a two, two panels of silences. He stares at Cliff, and Cliff looks away from him. Cliff says, you're a good guy, Doc. You're sensitive and caring and compassionate. And if I could, I'd spew your face. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you have a nice uh, one panel shot of Doc going, oh. <laughs> so, yes, Cliff is in a very, very bad way. Right on. We cut back to Alamance Memorial, where uh, Dr. What's her name? Elaine. Eleanor? Eleanor Poole? Eleanor Poole, yes. Mm-hmm. Is talking to Larry. And Larry's, of course, uh, Larry is pretty much Larry. He's the wisecracking sort of. Yeah, yeah. Street doc. How long have I got? <laughs> she says, same as everyone else, Larry. No more, no less. You still have whatever what everyone's calling the hero gene, but apart from that, you're perfectly normal. You bet I am. When this is over, you and me ought to get together, Doc. You know that? All right. Uh, yeah. I said, listen, it could be over sooner than you think if my boyfriend hears you talk like that. <laughs> and remember, the bell beside the bed's for emergencies only. <laughs> sure thing, Doc. See ya. Well, he goes back to reading a book. Uh, it is... Partners in Wonder. Harlan Ellison. So that's a little hint of things to come. And suddenly there's a <laughs> The windows of his room were filled with light. So it's like zebra pattern all over the room. It's like, oh God. What do you want? And out, outside the window is the negative man. All right. What? The negative man says, I am the spirit in the bottle, the invisible fire that works in secret. There is a, there is the, the, I don't know, how does it go? The real stick among you, among the roots of the root tree. Open the window now. Open the window, Larry. Let me in, let me in, let me in, let me in. And Larry looks like he's doing it. Uh, not willingly. It almost looks like he's, he's being forced to do it. He's under the thrall of the negative creature. Indeed. Cut back to the uh, psychiatric hospital, and uh, Robot Man is walking around, and Magnus keeps following him around. He's like, why don't you just leave me alone? Like, you've, got, you've got to pull yourself through this stuff. Believe me, I know what it's like. How the hell can you know what it's like? How can you know what it's like to have your brain transplanted into a metal body? It's life imprisonment. He says, can you imagine how cruel robot senses are compared to human ones, huh? I have, all I have are memories of the way things used to feel or taste. You know, they say that amputees feel phantom pains where their limbs used to be. Well, I'm a total amputee. I'm haunted by the ghost of my entire body. I get headaches, you know, and I want to crap until I realize I don't have any bowels. And when I look at a woman sometimes, I... But sure, the Doom, Doom Patrol helped you. The Doom Patrol? <laughs> Don't talk to me. The Doom Patrol <laughs> kills people. 
chews them up and vomits out the bits. I've killed Ranny and Rita and Scott. I just can't stand anymore. I can't get through it, really. Cliff, I can't. Cliff, you've got to pull yourself together. There are drugs, antidepressants. I can't stand by and watch you destroy yourself. <laughs> Me? How can I destroy myself? Watch! And he starts smashing his head into the wall of the psychiatric hospital. He's like, see? Nothing. I can't feel anything. Can't feel anything. He gives it what, three or four good solid wax and there's a big hole in the wall. Like, I can't feel see, now this, this would have been when he pulled off his arm or tossed a foot at someone. <laughs> yeah. I guess he's past that now. He's, That's right. He doesn't think it's funny anymore. <laughs> So, very dramatic doings for Cliff. Uh-huh. And, say this, and this was the first, I read this one and I was just like, wow, that guy is really hard up. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost taking, it, it was just taking the sort of angsty superhero, oh, I've got these powers that uh, I don't <laughs> want, or, and then like pushing them to sort of a more logical and mature place. Right on, cranking it up you to see someone, level. You see someone really actually trying to deal with psychological ramifications of having been cut off from his body. Or right, whatnot. right. So we got two elements, Memorial Hospital. Larry's talking to the negative energy man. He's like, but you've never spoken before. I don't understand. And the negative being says, perhaps I had nothing to say, Larry. I've lived a black, black dream of silence for so long. I'm awake now, wide awake. Like, what do you want? I mean, to continue, to perpetuate, to generate. You're not so clever, Larry. You think I'm unaware you plus press the alarm. I need to do it. What? I need the woman here. It is necessary for my purpose. Purpose? What purpose? You know, Larry. The union. The future. The alchemical marriage. No. Take my hand now. No, I... Oh, no, please don't do this to me. Wait, I... Take my hand, Larry. It's time to go. And Larry is enveloped in blinding white light. The orderlies are running around. The door flies off his, hosp- his hospital bed or hospital room. Eleanor Poole is there. She's like, Larry, Larry, what's happening? Are you in there? And the negative being says, hello, Dr. Poole. We've been waiting for you. <laughs> and he grabs her hand and she screams, now we are three. Now we are one. Oh, God, get help. Someone get help. The bystanders are shielding their eyes from the glare and... There's a blinding flash of light. And we cut to the psychiatric hospital again. Cliff's going downstairs and he says, Don't you have a business to run or something, Magnus? He's like, What? Don't you get tired of following me around like a bad smell? <laughs> Just talk to me, Cliff. I can't stand it. I can't stand it in here. He says, You're free to leave whenever you... No, I mean in here. In this body. Guys. God damn it, Cliff. I refuse to let you go under like this. This world, it can't afford to lose even one good person, you know. If you could hear yourself. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this self-indulgent crap, damn it. There are people with worse problems than yours. He's like, show me one. Meanwhile, in the back, in the <laughs> foreground, we have a one of the residents of the asylum. He's gotten a hold of something sharp, and he's cutting his hand. Hmm. He says, Jesus bids us shine with a pure, clear light, like a little candle. And uh, one of the orderlies comes by and says, Oh, come on, Ralph, you cut yourself again? Come on, you can't sit here. Like, you don't understand. No, you don't. Not one bit. 
It's the scissor man, see? They're here. They come through the windows in the air. So yeah, sure, Ralph. Give me a break, huh? <laughs> right here in the hospital. Jesus had a twin. Nothing about sin. And he drags him off. So that's in the background. So there's lots of stuff going on. That's yeah. what I really liked about this this uh, run was there's always something going on in the background if you, if you pay attention. Right, and it informs what's coming up. Mm -hmm. So Magnus storms off from Cliff. He's like, okay, here. And Cliff looks over and so they go and they go outside and it's raining. He says, what is this? And Doc Magnus says, her name is Kay Chalice, but most of the time she refers to herself as Crazy Jane. She was abused by her father when she was a child, very badly abused. Her experiences resulted in what psychiatrists call dissociation. Basically, she developed multiple personalities to cope with the trauma. Her therapist tells me that so far they've identified 64 separate personalities, each with its own name and function. And following the effects of the gene bomb, each with its own distinct metahuman ability. Very cool. Mm. Like, Crazy Jane is one of the best characters created. Yeah, she's in, really in the cool. In the 80s, 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he says, you want to talk about problems, Cliff? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Kay. Isn't it a bit wet to be painting? And uh, the woman says, Kay's down in the underground where there's no rain. You're talking to the hangman's beautiful daughter. She points to her painting and says, do you like it? It's called The White Darkness. And it's sort of a, it looks vaguely like a skull screaming. It's pink and red and mauve. It's very uh, wild. She says, it's a picture of Maya Darren at the moment of her death, possessed by the maîtresse Rizuli. She was a brilliant woman, Maya Darren. She was only 43 when she died, massive brain hemorrhage. And suddenly an arm sticks out of the painting. <laughs> Cliff says, it's moving, the thing's alive. And Doc says, it's psychically active. She's been able to do this since the invasion. You have experiences with the difficulties of coming to terms with unwanted superpowers, don't you, Cliff? Kay could use someone to talk to. He turns to walk away. He says, hey, where do you think you're going? I've got a business to run, remember? <laughs> I'll see you, Cliff. So he leaves Cliff and Jane standing out in the rain. She's just got her arms on her shoulders and she's looking at the painting. She asks me, she says, what do normal people have in their lives? I says, what? What do normal people have? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I've tried to be like them, I really have. But what happens when you just can't be strong anymore? What happens if you're weak? My painting's ruined. Everything's gone wrong. And they stand there staring at the ruined painting for a bit. And he says, come on, let's get out of the rain. So we see the first steps of Cliff and, and Jane helping each other to cope. Excellent. Very beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is good. Cut to scenes of madness in the street. There's a car chase of some sort. There's a bus, and uh, this car comes screaming around the corner, smashes right into the side of the bus, doing 80 or so. Guy didn't stand a chance. Six years I've been on this job, man, I've never seen anything like what happened then. The guy was a human torch, you know, literally, his hair, everything, on fire. But he kept walking real slow, like in a bad dream. Before he died, he said something weird. I got it written down. Scissor man. The scissor man. And he's basically a ghostwriter. It looks like he's just putting a black book. <laughs> and uh, so there's 
two investigators there holding the black book and talking to cop. He's like, I threw up on the sidewalk, man. You ever smell skin burning? Blah. Like he says, this is the book? Sure is. God alone knows what the thing's made of. Black pages, man. Weird. So apparently the book is completely unharmed by the fire. Your help's been appreciated, officer. We'll be in touch. And uh, the one guy says to the other guy, I don't know why I ever got into this intelligence. This man in black stuff's really getting me down. How do you manage to keep up the act? The other guy says, it's not an act. Uh, right. So uh, what happens to the book now? It's out of our hands. All we can do is call the company. The company calls the Pentagon. The Pentagon calls the president. And he calls Niles Calder. All right. And that is the end of book one. All right. Next, Cautionary Tales. Uh-huh. Very cool. That's a neat setup. Mm-hmm. He uh, introduces a lot in there. Well, yeah, like, that's the other thing, too. Like, this is pre-decompression, so there's lots of stuff going on, lots of information. Exactly. The way I like my stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> layers upon layers. Chalk full of stuff. There's Chalk. tons of stuff here that will be mentioned again and again. Little yes. touchstones. Little things that get built Connected upon. together. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, we get to meet all the... Uh, the main players that he's going to be working with, and mm-hmm. and uh, throws a couple of new situations in there. It's very cool. It's a good a good start, I think. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, he did a lot of research on the multiple personality thing for for Jane, uh, including the book When Rabbit Howls. I don't know if you read oh, it. Oh, I don't think I've read that one. Uh, I've read. Uh, I can't remember the name of the author. Uh, on the uh, at the moment, but uh, it's an excellent book, and it's 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 a, a biographical account of a woman who has, you know, obviously she doesn't have the superpowers, but uh, right, right, <laughs> <laughs> but she had the multiple personality disorder, and it was uh, sort of a, a journal of, of very cool treatment and how they they tried to deal with what was going on with her. Neat. I'll have to look for it. I read, I think I read Sybil way back when I was younger. And that was kind of yeah. No, but that was a, that was you know, three. Yes, that was only three. Come on. <laughs> yes, Crazy Jane's got nothing on Sybil. <laughs> yeah. Trudy Chase is the author of Wind of Howls. Cool. I will look for it. Some summer reading. <laughs> oh, yes. Very good. Very good. Cool. Excellent. So, yeah, that's the beginning of Morrison's run, and it uh, only gets weirder from here. Right on. Right on. So, anybody who wants to talk to us about the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol, you've been waiting this long for it. Here it is. Right on. You can. I want to see a veritable deluge of letters <laughs> and emails and postings on the website. Right on. DoomPodTroll.com. That's right. You can head on over there and click any of the links and throw your comments down there. Or you can send us an email at DoomPodTroll at gmail.com. Yes. Please yes. do. We encourage you to do so, especially this run. It warrants discussion. Yeah, there's lots to uh, dig into it for sure. Yeah. For sure. The letters pages are, were one of the best ones of the time as well. Lots of discussion, especially vis-a-vis uh, Crazy Jane and, and the multiple personality disorder and, and such like that. So, yes. Very cool. We'll touch on that later on when the letters pages actually get into talking about it. Get so into the more stuff. stuff yeah. yeah. Larson stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, three pages of letter pages. Three wow. letter pages. That's amazing. Dang. Amazing. Now we get what? Like a page. Yeah. 
a page with pictures. And, uh, it's a start. It's a start. They brought it back. That's good. That's yeah, good. it's something. <laughs> it is something. <laughs> and it's her four pages. Oh my gosh. Dang. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Alrighty, did you see in the October previews that we may be getting a robot man back? What? I know. We've got My Greatest Adventure number one coming out, which I think we knew was maybe coming out. And it's got, uh, it's continuing the adventures of Tanga that was in whatever that miniseries was, Weird Worlds, and uh, Garbage Man. But then the third story is going to be... Uh, what does it say here? The adventures of Garbage Man and Tanga from Weird Worlds continue, and now these offbeat heroes are joined by the Robot Man, who has a disturbing knack for self-destruction. That Ooh. certainly sounds like Cliff. And if you look at the uh, cover, it's uh, sort of a Robot Man-y appearance. Like, it's gold armor. It's got some of the black under under stuff there it's it's a little more uh it's a little more sinister looking but hmm. if you take the joe statin look and kind of cross it with i don't know it's it's a possibility hmm. we maybe got a robot man which is kind of cool i think it's being written by maybe matt kent really uh-huh Wow. I think I think Aaron Lopresti's doing the garbage man and Kevin McGuire's doing uh Tanga. So that would mean I think Matt Kent is the writer and maybe Matt Ryan on art. So something to look forward to, maybe. Maybe maybe. Matt Kent is an excellent indie writer, so Yeah, I've heard lots of good things. I don't think I've read anything. Uh Super Spy, really good, really good. Uh and what was the one? Uh, there's one about a, a giant guy, a guy that just keeps growing and growing, and especially he's really big. <laughs> really, really, you know, it's sort of poignant, uh, you know, character stuff. Cool. Really good. I'll have to dig around and see what I can find, because I know his name's come up before in other podcasts I've listened to. And mm -hmm. They always seem yeah. to oh, yeah, he's really, he's really, really nice guy, too. Very times. good. Very good. Well, maybe we're getting the... Glimmerings of. Well, if it turns out to be Cliff, we will be covering it. Yeah, that'll be cool. Absolutely. We won't have anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Not in September, October, anyway. Exactly. All right. All righty. We'll catch you all later, gang. Bye bye. Bye. -bye.